G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, October 1. That time already, I'm John Barker. Joining me once again is my Winning Post colleague, Joel Marshall and uh, Dan, just having a week off. Joel, uh, this was traditionally the biggest day of the Sydney Spring, but you'd probably say it's been usurped. Three Group 1s, Epsom's... Not a bad field, but there's only 12 in it, not uh, like the glory days. The Metrop is a terrible field. Uh, the flight is quite interesting, it must be said. Um, what do you think? Do you, I mean, is all the disruption up there, has uh, it uh, disrupted their own, uh, the city's own meeting, their own big meeting? Yeah, well, there's... There's just so many options now, isn't there? You've got the Golden Eagle for four-year-olds. We've got this, uh, the new one, the Five Diamonds, I think it is, where some five-year-olds can be aimed at, although I think they were talking about that maybe as a target for Ellsberg, but I see Ellsberg has popped up here in the Epsom. Um, so you've just got these you know, massive, I think that Five Diamonds, I think there's a million-dollar lead-in and then a $2 million uh, actual race, so... There's just so many options for horses these days. So, look, I, I, they, were, they were talking last week that the numbers were going to be down, and I, I sort of didn't quite believe it. You, you, they sort of can say that, and often you'll just end up getting these full fields for particularly these two races, Epsom and Metropolitan, usually uh, capacity fields, particularly the Epsom. So light on numbers, just the 11 runners with a scratching already for the Epsom, but uh, plenty of quality there. Weather may play a big factor, though, with, uh, I think, plenty of rain predicted in Sydney through today and tomorrow, and if it all arrives, I think we're going to be playing on a heavy track, but it's been soft six, soft seven all week. Uh, it's certainly not going to be any better than that, I wouldn't have thought, so I think you're looking at horses that are going to be handling genuinely wet ground there on Saturday. Not so in Melbourne, where it seems to have dried up, and Flemington, of course, is a very good drying track anyway, but uh, you'd think... It'll be a good track, and there is a very good race there in the Turnbull. It's always one of the interesting ones because it's not wait for age. It's set weights and penalties, and um, you can get horses who have gone close several times over the past years, uh, over the past year. But if they haven't won since August 1, 2021, uh, they don't get a penalty. Gold Trip is in that category, and as a result, is a favourite for this race. But as I've pointed out in the paper this week um horses without the penalty don't often win this race i know you've uh without spoiling it uh, have got one at a very juicy price in that race yeah well it's a really interesting race as you say it's um you know with, the, with under these weight conditions and sort of it's been sort of the, the talk around town for the last couple of weeks that this is going to be gold trips race because he's got that uh, big high handicap rating of 113 but only one win so he's going to get down on the minimum and here he is and he's got jamie carter right so i think that means he starts favorite although jewess will give him a bit of a run for his money in that department uh, she's got to bounce back off a couple of unplaced runs but of course back to the scene of probably her best performance uh, in the australian cup back in the autumn but uh, yeah plenty of chances and as you say there's there was a few horses down on the minimum there that have only won one race that are being given a bit of a chance yes indeed well we will take you right through the flemington program now because it is all black type and the other exciting thing about this weekend of course is that the black type uh, two-year-old races 
kick off uh, in many venues around the country, including Flemington and Randwick. And at Flemington, the two-year-old race there is just the one. It is race one. It is the Daly Maribyrnong Trial Stakes down the street. 1,000 metres at set weights, a listed event, 10 acceptors as we... Uh, sorry, 11 acceptors as we speak to you. There is one scratching. Um, well, it's always a bit of a... Uh, it's just a matter of opinion, this one, isn't it, uh, Joel? I suppose everything is, but uh, which way have you come down here? Yeah, certainly always a bit a bit tricky to work out these races, but I'm keen to have a bet. I like number three, Cracker Rib. Um, I think they went up 30 to one, which uh, was a bit slow there, but he's still 18 or 19. It's a good divvy. I'll, I'll be backing him each way. I quite like these two jump outs. He sat deep in the one around a bend and wasn't let go, and then in, uh, the one down the straight, he was a little bit keen early, but then he switched off when Damien Lane was able to get him behind the leaders, and he just travelled really strongly throughout. Um, Damien's been aboard in both those jump outs, and he takes the ride here, and he should be able to get some cover early, and if he does, I think he'll run you a really good race. Uh, Ten Charmstone, plenty of talk about this filly, cost one and a half million. Sister to Najmati, uh, Jamie Carter ride. Interesting, of course, this year with Flemington allowing the outside trainers to come and jump out their horses down the straight uh, if they're intending to run in these races. So most of these have got some straight experience. Charmstone has jumped out well. Uh, for Mount Olympus has won jump outs at Donald and at Flemington. has looked quite good doing it. And in for fourth, I put number five, Pantalone. I think Damien Oliver was aboard Mount Olympus, but he rides Pantalone. The Godolphin camp, and uh, yeah, he certainly showed a little bit of talent down the straight. But uh, yeah, I'll be having a bet, number three each way from 10, 4 and 5. And I am with the 10 Charmstone to beat Aditi, Mount Olympus and Archipella Moon, 10, 9, 4 and 8. Race 2 at Flemington on Saturday is the Catherine Burke Paris Lane Stakes, 1,400 metre listed handicap for four-year-olds and up. Joel? Didn't have a strong opinion here, but I'm with number nine, the Garden. I think he can put himself close to the pace and probably run it to suit himself. A pretty good run first up on the heavy ground at the Valley and then went to Sandown and beat Field of Roses, who was close up behind Pachero in quite a deep benchmark race at Sandown last week. So the form's held up pretty well. Drops four kilos off that win. He's got a good overall record and, as I said, a good racing pattern. So I'll go his way from... An old favourite, number 11, Mr. Exclusive, hasn't raced since August 6. Uh, it was a pretty good effort there down in the weights when third uh, over this track and trip behind turn on the charm. He'll run you a race at odds. Seven, Visanari is a real talent kicking off his spring campaign. He won three times last prep. His two defeats were seconds behind Sir Davy and Tuvalu. He's going to have plenty of admirers. And three, Riddle Me That is a pretty honest customer at this sort of level. Uh, has won twice second up, but I think he will improve with this run. He's certainly worth considering for the exotics. Nine for me from 11, seven and three. Uh, well, I did have a strong opinion about Visionari, who was uh, certainly so impressive right throughout uh, last campaign, finishing up with a second to Tuvalu and uh, started out with a seven and a half length win. So if any of that should go close here to beat Character, The Garden and Mr. Exclusive, seven, two, nine, and 11. Race 3, I think we'll be in agreement on. It's the TAB Edward Manifold Stakes, 1,600 metres, Group 2 for three-year-old fillies, and importantly, for your selection and mine, set weights. Yes, um, so that certainly helps the number one She's Lickety Split, the Kiwi filly, Group 1 winner. 
Uh, there was plenty of support around for her in the 1,000 guineas prelude. She sat three wide on speed without cover, and I thought she was very game to hold on for third. She had the penalty there, 59 kilos, and now, of course, level terms. So I think she uh, can take enough benefit out of that run to put the blinkers on too. Um, so maybe they just feel she just needs to uh, concentrate a bit more, but I think she'll be hard to beat. I've got the maiden Mocco in for second, number four. Did get beaten in a maiden on the synthetic first up when a dollar fifty, but had a bit to do there and did run on well. Uh, she showed a bit of toughness last preparation, a couple of placings on those real testing tracks in Sydney. So obviously different conditions here, but I think um, the step up in trip will suit. Uh, the other Godolphin runner, Sumatra, also coming through the thousand guineas prelude. Did run on into second there, so she's certainly got to have a strong case. And in for fourth, I've put number 10, Tajneed. Uh, there's a few of these down the bottom coming out of the maiden that she won at Sandown. I thought she was doing a pretty good job holding them off. Has to go 1,300 to 1,600 at start two. Not easy. That of a Galileo mare, so I'll be keeping her safe. But one uh, pretty keen on her from four, two, and ten. And yes, I'm keen on one, two to beat. As time goes by, Moko and Taj Need. That is one, twelve, four, and ten. Race four at Flemington is the Furphy Rose of Kingston Stakes. It's over fourteen hundred metres for the mares, four years old and up at set weights and penalties, and it's a group two. Yeah, I've stuck with yearning. No thirty to one this time about her. She's uh the other end of the betting scale, right up the top of it, uh, off that very good return in the Let's Elope. Again, she's got to carry the penalty, 59 kilos. She'll probably get buried away from that gate like she was the other day. But if she gets clear air, she's going to be very hard to beat. Well, she attacked the, long, attacked, the, attacked the line very strongly the other day and does look in for a good campaign. I'll put number four in for second, Tycoon Evie. Has a tricky gate, as she did first up in the Scirocco. Now, she finished second last there, but I didn't think the run was all that bad. Beaten less than four lengths. Uh, always sort of around the mark, second up, and I thought she could represent a bit of value. 13, Fortunate Kiss, had no luck at all in that Let's Elope race the other day. Finished midfield, but uh, just uh, sort of never really off the bridle until the later stages. And 8, Exolita, consistent mare. She'll strip a lot fitter for the fresh run over the 1,200. And that was on the heavy ground at Caulfield. She's two from four, second up, and uh, the better conditions will certainly suit her. One yearning on top from four, 13 and 8. Uh, yes, Fortunate Kiss is uh, the most um, uh, ironically named horse going around. Just doesn't have any luck. I guess that's certainly partly down to her racing style. But I thought maybe she's due for some this time. Put her on top as my value bet to beat Yearning Argentia and Sierra Leo Miss. Uh, so that is 13, 1, 5 and 3. Race 5. At Flemington on Saturday, HQ Tavern, Dane Hill Stakes, 1,100 metres for three-year-olds, set weights and penalties, a Group 2 job. Yeah, I'm giving Swiss Exile another chance. Uh, the Sydney Sider, I thought he was very good first up in the San Domenico, uh, which was a pretty good form race, and then went to the run to the Rose, sat outside, best of Bordeaux, and just didn't finish off at all. He was quite disappointing in the straight, but the stable couldn't really find much wrong with him. The plan was to go to the Golden Rose, but obviously they've uh, switched him back in trip. Uh, had the heritage last week as an option, but save for this on what's likely to be a firmer track, I think if he can bounce back to that fresh run, he's right in the mix here at each way odds. 
three giga kicks, done nothing wrong. He's got straight experience, going to have plenty of admirers and will be hard to beat. Uh, expecting improvement from Duel. There was plenty of raps leading into that fresh run and he was a little bit disappointing, but not too bad. Beating less than three lengths. I think there'll be a stack of improvement to come. And 10, Great Barrier Reef, was a strong maiden winner. Uh, the Quinella performed well at Rose Hill on Wednesday. He's uh, certainly got a fair bit of room for improvement. He's a nice-looking colt, too, as you'd expect. He costs $1.4 million. Swiss Exile on top, though, for me. Each way, one from three, eight, and ten. I am in the Giga Kick camp from Duel. Great Barrier Reef, very popular in the Winning Post tips panel for a horse at double-figure odds. Might, I guess, have come in a bit from... Uh, the scratching of space walk and the result on Wednesday. Buenos Noches is uh, my fourth selection. So three, eight, ten, and five. First leg of the quaddy at Flemington on Saturday is race six. It is the Lexus Bart Cummings, 2510 metres. A group three handicap worth seven fifty. Joel. Yeah, obviously we've got the golden ticket uh, into the Melbourne Cup up for grabs. Quite a few of these probably going to be in, some of them already in, and a few that sort of sit outside the 24, but you'd think would be sneaking in. But the one that probably needs to win is right down the bottom here and uh, got a habit of getting winners on this day, the Team Williams. So I'm going to go with 15, King of the Castle, son of Galileo. Um, we've seen him in Australia twice. He made his local debut behind High Emotion and a couple of other key rivals at Flemington a few weeks ago. And, Thought his run was very good. Uh, Lana Kelly took off before the turn, came very wide. Just got a little bit one-paced early in the straight, but then really hit his stride the last 100 metres. I thought it was a good run. Went to Mornington last Saturday, uh, settled last, a long way off his stablemate who led, came wide and look, looked a little bit plain, but I don't think Mornington's his track. I think back to Flemington, they put the blinkers on, Ben Mellum to ride. Just think there's a fair bit of improvement. His Irish and Ledger run was very, very good from a long way back, and that was a strong race. His previous run at York um, was very tough because uh, William Buick certainly set him a task that day. So I'm going to go with him each way, number 15, uh, to be 10 Interpretation, who I was with in the race here a few weeks ago. High Emotion followed him, came off his back and ran past him, but I think there's going to be a fair bit of improvement in Interpretation. So he might be able to turn the tables. High emotion's got to go in. She's racing really well. And seven midnight blue. Just sort of stuck near the inside on the heavy ground there and the naturalism. He battled on quite well. But I think a dry track and out to 2,400 or 2,500 is certainly going to play into his hands. 15 from 10, 9 and 7. Uh, my pick is not a horse who probably needs the golden ticket, but I uh, thought it might be Valen Declare's time to, uh, to come good after all this time. Uh, to be Lunar Flare, Desert Icon and Interpretation, 2, 8, 5 and 10. The big one at Flemington on Saturday and second leg of the quaddy is race 7, TAB Turnbull Stakes, 2,000 metres, group 1. Set weights and penalties, 4-year-olds and up worth a million bucks. Joel, you've got one at odds, as I referenced before. Yeah, I tossed up here. Um, as we spoke about, there's a few down the bottom. They've only won one race. They're trying to win the Turnbull, uh, make it their second career win. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be backing two of those. I've got 15 maximal on top, but I'll also be backing young Verta, who I backed in this race last year. And, of course, he ran very well, second to incentivise. Looks to have come back well. Uh, but I've got maximal on top. He's just really looking for a dry track. I thought he turned the corner in the winter up in Queensland. Excellent run in the Doombin Cup splitting Huetor, who we won't see this spring, unfortunately, and Zaki, 
and then just got a long way back in that Q22 from a wide gate, but hit the line very well. I thought he was travelling well on the turn in the George Main, and then just his wheels started to spin as soon as Sam Clipperton went for him. He wasn't too far off Dewis, and there's a big discrepancy in prices here. So I think on the lightweight, you'll get a soft run from the draw and dry ground. I think if he shows his Brisbane form, he's right in this. Uh, 11 young Verter, as I touched on, I think he's ready to run another cracking race in the Turnbull. Uh, two, Jewis, a little bit disappointing in the George Main, but just hopefully looking for that dry track. And as uh, referenced earlier, Flemington 2000 was the scene of probably her best win in the Australian Cup. And in for fourth, I've got Allegron, number 10, who uh, improved nicely second up out to 2,000 metres. Strong win. Just a little question mark over whether he's looking for a little bit further, but he's still got plenty of room for improvement. 15 for me from 11, 2 and 10. I am with uh, Gold Trip, with, despite what I said before about them not often winning without a penalty. He does just seem very well weighted as a 113 rater and fourth in an arc. Uh, from Inspirational Girl, good run first up. Profondo, one of yours. Surely comes good at some stage. And uh, Dewis, who, yeah, 2,000 metres in Melbourne. Seems to be a good recipe for her. Two starts for that Australian Cup win and the Kunji Handicap win the spring before that. Race 8 at uh, Flemington on the Saturday. And if you want to hear a couple of um, Turnbull fast facts before we get into that one, the favourite has won in four of the past six years. No Turnbull winner has jumped from a double-figure barrier since Maccabi Diva way back in 2005. And that is all I have for the Turnbull. Race 8 is the Gilgai. That's 1,200-metre uh, group 2 set weights and penalties. Joel? I'm a sucker for punishment here, stepping in again to swats that. But uh, we'll put her on top again. I think she... Gets her chance here. She was very good first up. I thought she, I was keen on her first up. I thought she'd win. And he just got held up a touch. And then she was pretty genuine to the line. Wasn't beaten far behind Baller and Rockin' Horse. Uh, just with that run under the belt. Probably the last time I'll step into her if she doesn't win. Um, so I'm going to go with her again to beat five. Kimmel Passer. Very good straight track performer. A terrific fresh with the 62. Giving eight kilos to the winner there at Morfordville. Uh, six Rockin' Horse, really good return from the new market winner. And seven Tycoonus might be a good roughie. He always improves with a run. Two from five second up, uh, had a wide gate, didn't have much go right first up there in the Theo Marks. He can be a big improver at a bit of a price. But uh, 13 spots that from five, six, and seven. And uh, I guess what's that a chance too, given that, um, you know, well, she's on her last chance with you, brother. She uh, really needs to do something now. Uh, but I did have Kemmel Passer on top. thought that was a good run uh, first up and a uh, good run in this last year. Uh, and Barrier 11, so my fun, fun fact about the Gilgai is that uh, 16 of the past 18 winners has jumped from five or wider, which is okay for spots that too. Just sneaks in there in Barrier 5, and uh, she is my second selection. Rockin' Horse I have for third, and Baller. 5, 13, 6 and 2. We finish at Flemington on Saturday with race 9. It is the ABC Bullion Superimpose Stakes. And this is a listed event for three-year-olds over 1,800 metres. The Derby bound ones and it's at set weights and penalties, Joel. There was a number of these just um, look desperate for the longer trip and, you know, 
any one of them could just sort of jump out of the ground. I've gone with number 12, Berardino, uh, from the Busselton Young camp. Uh, know what they're doing with these sorts of horses. He was very good on debut at 1,200, running on to beat all but KGB. Looks pretty smart. Went to the Valley and won last week. And then went to Sandown, ran third behind one of his key rivals here in Art Zeno, came from a little bit behind him. Art Zeno was holding him late. I think the source just peaked 1,200 to 1,500, but it was a good run. And then he went to the Guineas Prelude, coming back 100 metres. But they put the blinkers on. He actually settled quite handy in those atrocious conditions. I thought he battled on pretty well. Now the step up in trips, what he's looking for. He's a good each-way play from Art Zeno. That was a strong win at Sandown. Back on September 7, so kept fresh, but I think the step up in trip will suit. A 14 Kings Crossing could be a big improvement. A tough ask, 1,300 to 1,800 at uh, just his second run this time in. But uh, the Elmanzors are going well. I thought he did enough there first up at Sandown. And I've put Major Beal in for four. I'm a fan of this horse. He was beaten probably on his merits there at Flemington behind Mr Maestro. That was heavy 10. I think uh, firmer track's going to suit him a lot better. Uh, 12 on top for me from 4, 14 and 2. Well, it worries me that I've got a Kiwi on top that you've left out completely, and that's number one, Mr Maestro, whose uh, Flemington win I thought was pretty good. Uh, this track and trip, uh, admittedly a heavy 10, uh, but convincing enough and uh, suited again at the, uh, the under these weight conditions. Uh, Mr Maestro on top for me to beat Major Beal, Berardino and Art Zeno, so pretty similar numbers. Otherwise, 1, 2... 12 and 4 to recap Flemington, my best race 2, number 7, Visionari, my value bet race 4, number 13. Fortunate Kiss, Joel's best, believe it or not, race 8, number 13, Swats that. And value bet, we just heard about it, race 9, number 12, Berardino. They are racing at Randwick in Sydney on Saturday, and it is a massive meeting, as Joel said it is going to be a fair bit wetter, we would suspect, than Flemington. Uh, but we have not one but two, two new season two-year-old races to kick off. So plenty of very interesting fare there. And the first of them is the Colts and Geldings division. It is race one, Arrowfield Breeders' Plate, 1,000 metres, uh, set weights, group three. Joel, what have you liked at the trials? Yeah, I'm not sure I'll be playing in this one. My original two picks off the noms didn't accept, so it's left me with Tara Bow. Uh, he drew wide in his trial, sat deep, and just came away for a pretty convincing win. He's going to need to do similar again from a wide gate. But, uh, yeah, I thought he'd done enough to be put on top. Uh, eight snatch Riley, $600,000 Colt trial pretty well, just uh, trailing the speed. Uh, one Empire of Japan. Comes to a slow heat, but did make up a lot of ground. Got a long way back. Uh, from a whitish gate, and I thought ran on really strongly. And seven physical graffiti uh, led and got run down by Don Corleone, who probably would have been my on-top pick uh, if he was here. So got to respect him, and Brenton Abdullah's taken the ride on him over Snatch Riley too, so there's probably a little lead there. But uh, nine from eight, one and seven, not overly keen to play though. Philly's division is race two, and uh, there's a full field here for the Keenland Jim Crack Stakes under the same conditions over a 1,000 metres. Yeah, I am keen to have a play here, and probably a two-bet strategy. I've leaned to number eight, Platinum Jubilee, on, uh, sorry, number seven, Perfect Proposal, on top. Uh, well-bred daughter of Russian Revolution from the family of Alingi. Uh, looked really strong winning her trial for Tim Clark. Went to the front, uh, quite professional. Tim just sort of showed the whip at her, didn't really use it, and she found 
when there was a bit of a challenger early in the straight, and she held them pretty comfortably in good time. So put her on top, but I'll be having something on number one, Arkless, uh, the deep field filly. She was a little bit slow away and got back in her trial, but I thought she made nice late ground. Gate 11, she's slow away. She's going to be settling back half. Not normally the perfect recipe, but uh, she's pretty good odds, and I think she'll have a strong finish. And another couple of Waterhouse spot runners. They've got three here, and they, they all look top hopes. Eight, Platinum Jubilee. Uh, the half-sister to Queen of the Ball showed good talent in her uh, trial win, as did 12 Sicilian for James McDonald, um, professional, straight to the front, and uh, kept running quite well. So Waterhouse spot team probably hold the key, but I've got seven from one, eight, and 12. Across to race four at Royal Randwick on Saturday. It is the Fujitsu General Hill Stakes, 2,000-metre group two at Wait for Age, and it is worth a million dollars. Uh, it's an interesting race. The punter's usually on the ball with this. No Hill Stakes winner has started at double-figure odds since Ebony Grove in 1997. And with only seven going around on Saturday, that uh, record will probably stand. What did you like there, Joel? Yeah, I've got Montefilia on top. She gets through the wet ground. She was very good first up in the George Main. Second up last prep, she went to 2,000 in the Randbet and comfortably beat very elegant. Uh, so I think she's a deserved favourite. One Cascadians had the two runs back in Melbourne. He looks to be flying. Uh, 2,000 metres, only had two goes, but his latest attempt, he split Zaki and Mawanga in the McKinnon. So 2,000, not a problem. Maybe on the testing heavy, third up, it, it might find him out, but he'll run well. Uh, two Numerian was good first up in the Chelmsford when finishing runner-up. Had the right run in transit there from the inside gate on that biased track, but a bit like... Uh, Maximal, he sort of really started to shine through that uh, Brisbane Carnival and in for fourth. Number six, Luncey's also entered for the Turnbull. Not sure where they're heading, but he was pretty good first up at Newcastle. Eight on top from one, two and six. Race five at Royal Rambic on Saturday. Drinkwise, Dulcify stakes 1,600 metres, set weights for the three-year-olds at listed level. Yeah, I've gone with one Williamsburg. Two runs back, he's had to carry the penalty, 59 kilos. I think he's just been getting warm for this race and and uh, perhaps the, the gloaming and the spring champion down the track. Uh, last season through, the, through those wet um, carnival runs in the autumn, he was very strong. A couple of heavy 10 wins in the Bayou and the Fernhill. Uh, he's out of Fenway, who won a Vinery, so he's just going to keep getting better as the distances get longer, I would have thought, and back on level weights. Certainly placed his advantage. I thought two flag of honour was probably the, the best run in the Ming Dynasty. He finished just in front of Williamsburg. It was a strong performance. He's got an inside gate. He's going to lap up the 1600. I thought five atmosphere did a good job and could be a, an improver. Uh, that was at Kembla Grange in a class one. Didn't beat much. Went to the front, controlled things, but it was a dominant win with the blinkers on. Just looks like a sort of a typical Godolphin type improver. And in for fourth, number six, Conqueror. He had a break between runs into the Ming Dynasty, and I thought he performed very well without a ton of room in the straight. Uh, he might just be ready to peak now. One from two, five, and six. First of the group ones at Royal Randwick on Saturday is race six. Dali Flight Stakes, 1,600 metres set weights for three-year-old fillies, and the favourite has won this race in eight of the past 14 years. The favourite here is going to be probably Zugotcha. We've also got the... Golden Slipper winner in Fireburn. You have found one to knock them both off. Yeah, well, it's really interesting. I think Fireburn may actually be into favourite now, now that um, she's a confirmed runner and um, 
Yeah, so Zugoc has obviously been favourite right the way through, but Gary Portelli looks like he's going to backfire burn up and she's going to have plenty of admirers off uh, last week's run against the boys in the Golden Rose. But yeah, on with Wolverine. Uh, the former Kiwi, I thought her two runs back have been very good in the Silver Shadow and the T-Rose. They've just had sort of 1,600 written all over. Uh, terrific effort switching over heels late and then hitting the line in the T-Rose and just think she's uh, going to be peaking on Saturday. Uh, Madame Pomery, another filly I've got plenty of time for. The give run in the Furious against the Bias and then went to the T-Rose at a big price. Made a, a strong run from the back of the field to loom up and look like beating Zoo Gotcha and then uh, was just edged out late. Does look like the 1600 will suit. Uh, one Fireburn, terrific run last week, and three Zoo Gotcha has to be a strong winning hope. But I think Wolverine can be hard to beat. Five from six, one and three. First leg of the Quaddy at Royal Ramwick on Saturday is race seven. Bisley Workwear Premier Stakes, 1,200 metres at Wait for Age. It is a group two. No winner has jumped from a double-figure gate since Masked Party. Masked Party in 1998. May not have been too many big uh, double-figure fields through that time. And indeed, there's only 11 left in the race on Saturday as we speak to you. And the only ones drawn double-figure gates... Uh, it's me and, amazingly, Masked Crusader. Joel, what did you like in the premiere? Yeah, I'm buttering up again with Mizzou. I, I went with him first up in the shorts, and he was soft in the market and just probably paraded like he would get better with the run. But I thought he handled the step up against the big guns pretty well. He, he competed quite honestly, finishing fifth there. Uh, the pacifiers were off too, but I see they've gone straight back on here. He was wearing them right through that autumn prep where he put five wins on the board. He was swimming through the heavy conditions, just improving with each run. So he'll get the wet track conditions to suit, um, hopefully just stalk the pace from gate one and be very hard to beat. One lost and running was terrific in the shorts, three or three and four wide, and just missing second. Uh, probably disadvantaged if we're really in the heavy range, but he's going to be very hard to beat. Uh, two Mask Crusader, again, probably wants a dryer, but he'll get back and run on. And six overpass. He was also very good in the shorts. He'll be sitting close to the speed and can give you a good sight. But I think is going to be very hard to beat here. There'll be plenty of improvement to come from him. Three from one, two, and six. Second leg of the quaddy and second of the group ones is race eight at Randwick. It is the TAB Epsom 1,600-metre handicap. Uh, the weights on Saturday range from 56.5 for top-ranked and converge down to 51 for Crosstalk, Pipali and War Eternal. Um, 10 of the past 14 winners have jumped from gate 10 or wider. Well, that's pretty uh, uh, less likely this time, although uh, you have got uh, Kiku and Nimali at this stage uh, jumping from uh, double-figure gates. 18 of the past 19 Epsom winners have come off a top four finish, which if that happened again, would rule out Converge and Fangirl. Uh, you're a fairly... Uh, you, you are a Fangirl fan, I see you've included her, but um, you think that this time, maybe the Toppy could get the cash. Yeah, well, not a, not a giant spread to, uh, between the weights, as you touched on, 56.5 to 51, and just taken by his win first up in the Bill Ritchie. He was trialling well, was top-ranked, he was suited by a good speed, and he got a lovely ride by Bowman, just picked his path through the middle of the field, and as I said, suited by a strong speed, but looked to ooze quality winning that race. Uh, first time we see him second up in Australia, we saw him in the Hunter, 
at his local debut, run third to Lost and Running, and then he came back, he kicked off his autumn in the Chipping Norton. He was very good behind, very elegant, but did pull up lame. So hopefully there is improvement to come second up, and if there is, I think he's going to be very hard to hold out. Uh, eight hinged, going to get conditions to suit, went forward with the blinkers on in the George Main and battled on very well. Uh, five ice bath, she just doesn't win these group ones, but always very competitive. She's coming off seconds to Zaki and Animo. It's irresistible form on wet ground. She's going to get one of these one day. And six fangirl, yeah, I'm, I'm her biggest fan. I thought she was super first up in the wink stakes. Just the soft seven in the George Main. She's just not as effective. And I, unfortunately, if we're going to be on heavy ground, she's going to need a fair bit of luck to win. But uh, she'll be going in my quaddy just in case. One from eight, five, and six. Third of the Group 1s and indeed last of the black type races and third leg of the quaddy at Randwick on Saturday is the Furphy Metropolitan 2,400 metre handicap worth uh, 750,000. There were 15 acceptors, including seven, amazingly, from the Chris Waller stable. Two of those Waller horses are out, leaving us with uh, five, leaving him with uh, five of the 13, including the favourite, Durston, uh, he also has the only Group 1 winner in the field, and that is Kukaracha, who won the Queensland Derby, which is uh, not the most... um, It's not the strongest... Generally tends to be not the strongest form reference among uh, Australia's Group 1 races. Um, But the... uh, And the fast fact the favourite Durston is up against is that no last start winner has won the Metropolitan since Glen Caddam Gold which was uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Joel, how did you see this one panning out? Yeah, I am with a last start winner, and I speak of last week's winner of the Colin Stephen, number 11, Grove Ferry. He was 100 to 1 for this week, about a minute before that race, uh, and I did have a sneaky ticket on, so fingers crossed. Um, the overs God's busy uh, on Saturday afternoon, and I think he's going to run a really good race. It's a horse that I've... Sort of, he's sort of grown on me this prep. He's gives his all all the time, but he's just been sort of a bit of a work in progress over racing and just doing a bit too wrong, a bit too much wrong. But they gave him six weeks or five weeks between runs, sorry, after the Premier's Cup. I think it was with uh, these two races in mind. He was, if he was ever going to over-race, it was last week, um, sort of a slowish tempo, small field. And, and he did over-race probably for the first 600 metres. But then Tim Clark got him to settle found a good rhythm, and he was strong winning. Comes through, you know, it was probably the weakest, probably the weakest lead-up out of, you know, that these horses come out of, but I thought it was a good win, and I, I like the quick backup for him. I think the freshness will be out of him now. Winona Costin does plenty of riding for the Waterhouse Bop team, and uh, she'll roll forward, and I think he's going to give you a really good side. He's into single figures now, so fingers crossed. I think Seven Durston's going to be hard to beat. Uh, he's won two... Uh, quality provincial cup races, Wyong Cup, Newcastle Cup. They've been really good rides by J-Mac both times, but they've been dominant wins. And then down towards the bottom, 14, Chalk Stream, racing for the king in the royal colours. He does a lot wrong, this horse, but there's a stack of gear changes. And if he goes straight one day, he'll win a good one. And 15, Hammeron. This is an interesting runner because Chris Waller's got such a strong hand. And this horse coming out of a benchmark 88 last week, where his run was very good. He lacks experience, only had seven starts. As soon as the barrier draw came out, he was $51 in the new market. And within about an hour, he was 26. And I see he's about 13 now. So there's a few people out there that like him. He's got plenty of uh, sort of untapped talent. So I'll include him in my numbers. But 11 for me from 7, 14 and 15. 
Yes, indeed. It is a bit bizarre to look at uh, the connections of uh, Chalkstream and see the king there. Not, not uh, sure how much interest. I don't think the king takes quite as much interest in it as, as his mother. But uh, anyway, we'll wait and see. Maybe it's another king. There's a lot of people around who are known as the king. Um, to sum up, uh, Royal Randwick on Saturday, Giles Best was race 7, number 3, Mizzou. And his value bet, race 6, number 5, Wolverine. And if you would like to read Joel's interview with the part owner and former trainer of Wolverine, Royden Burgesson. It is on page 95 of this week's Winning Post. And when you open up your Winning Post, uh, you'll uh, see that uh, we've had a little bit of a redesign and uh, we hope you like it. We think it looks pretty bright and fresh uh, and a fair bit of work's gone into it. So uh, do make sure you pick that up and enjoy that. Uh, elsewhere, they're racing on the Parks track uh, at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday. And uh, as we got for the next few weeks, a big 10-race card there, Joel. And you did uh, do a bit of the form for that. So uh, what are your specials for Morfordville Parks on Saturday? Yeah, well, I'm sticking with Lafargue. Uh, he got us the Lazy Lobster a couple of weeks ago. So race six, number five. That was a strong win. He was wide, no cover. The 59 and a half. It was just a class one, but he was too good for them. Uh, this is a step up in class, but drops three kilos. And I think he's come back in good order and can win again. Um, my original value bet in the best bets was pretty reliable, race three, number 12, but there's no value. Uh, $2.50, so I got that wrong. But uh, can be next best, does look ready to win. And in terms of the value, I thought race nine, number one, Kamachi, uh, was worth a look. This imported galloper. Uh, showed a bit in the first prep. Uh, first time this time in was over 1,100 on the Ballarat Synthetic. Just a little bit too sharp, the 1,100, but the step up to 1,400 does suit. And I thought uh, around $8 or $9 was worth a look each way. They are racing at Eagle Farm in Brisbane on Saturday, and uh, Chris Nelson's Best there, race four, number seven, Mock Taffy, and his value bet to knock off the hot favourite, Berry Cart, is race nine, number 11, Sweet Margot May. Did you like anything at Eagle Farm, Joel? Uh, no, nothing for me there, but In that case, we will cross the Nullarbor to Kalgoorlie, which is the venue for WA Metro Racing on Saturday, and indeed for the Kalgoorlie Cup. Of course, we switch over to uh, Ascot as of next Saturday. Uh, the Cup is race eight. It's the 4X Kalgoorlie Cup. It's over 2,200 metres. It is a listed race. And our Perth man, Greg Hooper, likes number six, Sluice Box. To be 10, he's a Parker. Five, Rostropovich. And nine, General Grant. Hoops' best on the Kalgoorlie card is race two, number three, Feuding. And his value bet race seven, number five. False statement. Earlier in the day, Joel across the Tasman. It's uh, Rigaton, and more importantly, it is Hastings uh, for the second leg of the Triple Crown. Yeah, we've got the uh, Group 1 Arrowfield Stud Plate Weight for Age. This is over the 1,600 metres, and hoping with a bit of fitness under the belt that La Creek can improve off her third placing uh, in the first leg and go a couple better. I thought the 
perhaps the way to play it was uh, each way number two, Vernon Mee. was a long way back first up. It drew wide and got back. Now he's a horse that can take advantage of barrier one, sitting close to the speed. And at big odds, should be a big improver. Uh, Mustang Valley, number 14, in for third and four, demonetization for fourth. Uh, my best bet at Hastings uh, is race eight, number four, Queen of Spades. To be trained by Royden Burgesson, I did ask him earlier in the week if he had anything going to Hastings, and he did uh, mention that this girl would be going there, and he was quite pleased with the way she was going, and hard not to be pleased by her last start win. Uh Blinkers were on two starts back, and she just uh, didn't react at all well to them. Went quite poorly. It was coming off a previous win. So they took them off last start. She bounced right back. It was a dominant win uh, over four lengths for Michael McNabb, and uh, one of the leading riders will stay aboard for Saturday. So I thought she could win again. And my value bet is race three, number eight, Real Slim Trady. A eye-catching run first up uh, from last on the turn at Taupo and... Uh, yeah, really sprouted wings late there to get up for third. Looks in for a good campaign. And down south at Rickerton with uh, their carnival starting to heat up. Uh, my best is race four, number eight, Arish Arish, uh, this daughter of contributor. I thought was going to win first up. It was in that race, the same race as Real Slim Trady at Taupo. Box seated, uh, got off the back of the leader and the eventual winner and looked like going straight past, but didn't quite put the race away. Uh, hoping she's taken a bit of benefit from that second up. She'll be hard to beat. And the value bet is race five, although not a lot of value about. Number seven, perfectly suited. I thought she should have won the Canterbury Bell Stakes a fortnight ago. She was held up at a key stage and then flew late for second. It meets the boys here, including potentially a pretty handy one, a number one Marlborough Bay, but I thought uh, she'd take plenty of beating. All righty. That wraps up a massive day of racing across Australasia. And brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, well, we're on a little bit of a roll, Joel. Uh, we're going for our third successive overall profit. Last week, of course, I was away. Uh, you didn't quite get there with the real thing and the fortune teller. But uh, Daniel, uncharacteristically, made a very good play to go $20 the place on uh, Mass Destruction, which ran third and pl- paid $3.10 the place. So uh, good bet, Dan. Uh, you, of course, uh, you're still... You're still um, well in credit with uh, Lafarge and Mahogany uh, over the uh, previous two weeks. So uh, we're all going along okay as we get, of course, it's, it is spring, so it is time for the good punters. Uh, where are you going to go for your lobster this week, Joel? Yeah, I'm going to go for a horse I think may have been good to us in the lobster category earlier in the year, and that is Mazu. I think he'll bounce back to winning form and uh, really stake his claim for the Everest. So that's uh, Randwick Race 7, number 3. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Visionari first up in the second at Flemington on Saturday. That is race two, number seven. Leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. As I mentioned, do take a good look because uh, we have uh, 
done a bit of a uh, quite a few layout changes and uh, it's uh, all very fresh and very readable but all your favorite uh, all your favorite features are still there and that is in your news agents first thing Friday morning and uh, online as we speak to you um, Dan will be back next week in the meantime have a great weekend punters back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast